0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. Hi, everyone. It's Raja from Melbourne, Australia, and this is Episode 9. And in this podcast, we'll discuss the two main ways of investing in general, and that's called active investing and passive investing. We'll compare the pros and cons of each technique, And we'll also discuss a little bit about which technique that I personally prefer. But before we embark on this journey, let's recap what we've learned so far in this podcast series. In episode one, we discussed the power of saving, the power of compounding, and the concept of paying yourself first. And I use the example of the 20% as a rule. Your percentage might differ based on your personal circumstances. In episode two, it was all about mortgages and the basic tips and tricks if you're in the market for a new home or want to refinance your existing mortgage. In episode three, it was a lighthearted discussion about some of the favorite personalities that I like when it comes to finance, who I listen to routinely and where I get my principles from. In episode four, it was all about where you put your pay-yourself money. Where can you invest your 20% that you've paid yourself? In Episode 5, it was all about protecting yourself, your family and your assets. I discussed the common personal insurance plans out there, what they mean and what are some of the pitfalls you need to consider. In Episode 6, it was all about investment fees. Um, Which fees are you paying right now and you probably don't even know about it. Fees kill your retirement nest egg, so pay attention to fees. In Episode 7, it was all about various strategies to paying off debt. And we discussed the concept of money itself and how we should all think about money. It'll change your perspective, I'm confident. In episode eight, it was all about the various budgeting strategies and why it's important to have a helicopter view of your budget. What does helicopter view mean? I'll talk to um, you about this concept, uh, particularly using an analogy uh, when it comes to medicine. So, Active versus passive investing. What are the main differences? Well, let's talk a little bit about a passive investing strategy. If you're a passive investor, usually you're investing for the long haul. I strongly believe in investing uh, for a long period of time. I say 30 to 40 year time frame. Warren Buffett, the world famous investor and billionaire says, you should consider investing for at least 7 to 10 years and not look at your investments for that period of time. Jack Bogle, founder of Vanguard, which is uh, one of the world's famous uh, index investing firms, says something very similar. He just says, keep investing for the long term in a low-cost index fund, which he founded, and then never look at it until retirement. So basically, the longer you invest, the better it is. The strategy involves a buy and hold mentality. That is, the aim is to never sell. You keep buying on a regular basis. For example, I do a lot of passive investing, mostly in Australian stocks and indices. I have some international stocks as well, but not much as part of my portfolio. I consistently invest every week and I've automated the process using my pay yourself money. As soon as I get paid, a set amount of money gets invested into a well-diversified stock portfolio or index fund. I personally use Vanguard as well as other funds and SMAs. I've been doing it for a while, and I intend to do it for the long long term, and I basically automate the process on a monthly basis. So basically, whenever the ASX 200, which is an index, goes down, so does my stock portfolio. And whenever it goes up, so does my stock portfolio. I don't check the ASX 200 every day. I don't really care, because I'm looking at investing for my retirement. So I've got another 30 or 40 years to go. Actually, it would be good if the stock market just stays low for a long time and then rises because it will be good for people like me because I tend to buy stocks on a regular basis, which means if it's really low, I would buy those stocks at a very, very low cost now with the hope that they rise in 30 or 40 years' time. You don't need to passively invest in index funds, although it's the most common form of passive investing out there. You can passively invest in anything. For example, if you have a mortgage and have an offset account, technically your return on investment is guaranteed to be the interest rate on the home loan. So if you have a home loan which is about 5% per annum interest rate and you have an offset account and it's 100% offset and you pay a set amount of money into that offset account, then you instantly get a return of 5% on that money. That's guaranteed, and that's tax-free. And that is a form of investment. It's passive, it's easy, it's simple, it works. And the evidence is that over the long term, you're less likely to consistently beat the market, but you'll match the market, particularly when it comes to stock portfolios. Let me say that again. The aim of passive investing over the long term is that you're less likely to beat the market. Even if you do beat the market for one or two or three years, you won't be able to do it consistently over 30 or 40 years and if you could then you'd be like Warren Buffett and Ray Dalio and let's face it you're not and I'm not and likely will never be. So as a passive investor you're not concerned about beating the market you just routinely match the market. The market usually goes up over the long term we know that historically. Your superannuation is also another form of passive investment. Money goes into the account, either it's employee or employer contributions, and it gets invested over a well-diversified portfolio structure. And it happens routinely, probably without even you knowing, and probably without even you actively trying to do it yourself. So that's a form of automated um, passive investment strategy. And when you log into your super account, and I encourage everyone to do this, Go click on what your money is being invested in. The chances are, you've probably invested in a core pool of investments, which includes property, trusts, share market, international or local, cash, um, commodities, etc., etc. So you have probably already using this passive investment strategy, um, you probably just are not recognizing it. So that's passive investing. What is an active investor? An active investor takes a much more hands-on approach. They monitor the markets, they buy and sell stocks or commodities or whatever types of investments they have, they do it frequently, and they try and take advantage of the market downturns and the market upturns. So, you might have a portfolio and have a manager actively monitoring and investing for you. If you don't, then the funds that you invest in, called active funds, might have a portfolio manager that does this. They get paid to do this day in, day out. So a form of active investment we all might have done or wanting to do is buying property. Although we probably don't have a personal property manager, but bear with me on this analogy. We actively seek out property. We do research on property, the land value, the building value, the location, etc, etc. And once we've done the research, we research about the market in that property sector. How well is the market at the moment? Is it up? Is it down? Is it flat? And how is the property priced compared to the current market conditions? And then we aim to buy it. This is a form of active investing. A passive version of this might be investing in funds that have real estate property trusts and keep doing it forever, um, and they might have indexes that follow real estate property uh, funds. I'm not sure if there are, but that's like an analogy that I'm using. The aim of the active investor, though, is to beat the market. Because otherwise, there's no point because we already know the passive investor will return exactly what the market returns. So if you're an active investor and you want to match the market, well, you might as well just stick to being a passive investor because what's the point? The point of being an active investor is you want to beat the market. This is what Warren Buffett calls dancing in and out of the market because you need to dance in and out of the market in order to pick the downturns and the upturns and try and convert that into beating the market. I talk about this briefly in my previous podcasts. So being an active investor though is not easy. It takes a lot of deeper meaningful analysis of the market trends in order to take advantage of short-term market fluctuations. So coming back to my example of buying property, you're not going to see a property today and buy it today or tomorrow. You're going to do some research pre, post-inspection repeat inspections, do all the due diligence, and then consider bidding on the property or thinking about buying the property. And active investing is pretty much that. You need to do that deeper, meaningful analysis of the portfolio that you want to invest in before you actually commit your money to that investment. Now, an active investor, though, can also invest for the long term, but they tend to have various positions during this long term. So, essentially, they're in and they're out of the various markets multiple times. Remembering, going in and out of the market means potentially more fees. And I discuss fees specifically in my podcast episode six. So, that's passive investing and that's active investing. Let's look at some of the pros and cons, the positives and negatives of each strategy. The pros of passive investing is that the fees are really, really low. You don't need fund managers. You don't need money managers. You don't need anyone to manage your portfolio. You basically invest in the index fund and you buy the whole market. It's like going shopping and buying little bits of every single product out there in the shopping complex. It mirrors the market, so you save a lot of cost. If you're investing in a passive fund and the fees are more than 1% per annum for management fee, then I would say there's something seriously wrong. Where is all that fees going? Because really, you don't have to pay anyone to manage your portfolio if you're investing in passive indices. Something you need to think about is fees, and I go on and on about it in my previous podcasts. Passive investing pros, it's actually very transparent if you own an index fund. For example, I use Vanguard funds, and they are world leaders in index funds. If you own the ASX 300 Vanguard Index Fund for Australian shares, then you'll know exactly what stocks are in that fund, what the fees are, they're open and they're transparent about it. And usually, the stocks are market-weighted. So essentially, you get exactly what's in that index based on the market-weighting of that stock. Tax efficiency. Now, when you're investing, you need to think about tax efficiency. Because you're not buying or selling, the chances of capital gains tax is next to zero because essentially capital gains tax usually only applies if you make a profit and you make a profit only if you sell. Paper profits are not taxable. So on top of this, you'll get frank dividends and in Australia, it's tax advantageous to get paid frank dividends into your portfolio and reinvesting them is possibly the best thing you can do. Now, reinvesting dividends and drip programs are a topic for another podcast but essentially most funds have dividend reinvestment plans as a default strategy unless you're actively changing this. So really low fees, very transparent process and highly tax efficient. Now passive investing is not without its deficiencies. One of the deficiencies is you can't beat the market. Technically you can never beat the market and that's not really your intention but it's a negativity of passive investing strategy. So you just have to admit and move on. We just have to remember that generally markets are efficient. So if you invest in the market, it's likely to be efficient and you're likely to make money, but nothing is guaranteed in life. Right now, I could get struck by lightning if I walk outside, but it's highly unlikely that it happens, partly because I'm not gonna walk outside. The second negativity of passive investing is you're locked in. That is, if the market has a downturn, you have no way of controlling it except to sell up, which I never do. When you think about it, if the market is down and if you're investing for the long haul, then you really should be buying more. But that's another topic for another podcast. And I talk about this sort of shopping analogy in my previous podcast. If you haven't listened to it, I think it's worth a listen. A bit of shameless promotion there. Now, what are the pros of active investing? the flexibility you can buy whatever you want whenever you want and sell whatever you want whenever you want the freedom to choose which stocks you will invest in or which investments you will invest in can be quite liberating but you really need to know what you're doing if you want to stock pick i don't stock pick i'm a doctor my expertise is in medicine so there is no point in me picking stocks in other words i wouldn't expect the stock picker to trap a laceration do i but you know if you want to stock pick go for your life but you need to put the effort in in terms of doing that deeper and meaningful analysis. I find it interesting that we all think that we're experts when it comes to finances. This is kind of like driving, right? So the average driver thinks they're better than the rest of us, and this is how mistakes and accidents happen. So if you stick to what you're good at, you're likely not to fail at it, something compared to if you have very little knowledge about it so of course it doesn't stop it from learning that knowledge though and hence this podcast series so if you're good at something do it if you're not really sure about it learn about it become good at it then do it tax advantages now active investing also has great tax advantages now this is called tax loss harvesting in the u.s but I'm pretty sure it's technically not allowed in Australia. Have a listen to the Aussie Firebug when he interviews the founder of Stockspot. They talk about it in how it relates to Australia. Basically, in Australia, you can't do things on purpose to reduce your taxes. For example, you can't set up a company purely to pay less taxes. This is illegal. I know this statement can be controversial, but it's true. But you can minimise your losses by selling your losing investments early and then taking that money and investing it in other potentially winning investments. So, tax efficiency works both ways in passive investing and active investing. The third advantage is hedging. This is pretty risky though, but it can pay off big time. Active investors can sell stocks without actually buying them in the hope the stock goes down, and then when it goes down, they buy them again at a lower cost. This is called short selling. In other words, You sell a stock at a higher price, and when it tanks, you buy it, and therefore the difference in the sell price and the buy price is your profit. Now it's a crazy risky idea for me, and I have and will not consider ever to short sell. The losses can be unlimited, um, but there can be huge gains if you know what you're doing. Because I don't speculate, I don't do this type of investment, for me, I really don't know much about short selling. But um, if you're into that sort of stuff, you might want to try that. But again, the losses and the gains can be unlimited, so it's a highly risky move. So, for example, one of the huge technology stocks in the U.S. is Tesla. A lot of people talk about shorting Tesla, um, and you know, yeah. Look, if uh, Tesla tanks uh, tomorrow, then uh, shorting might be a great, uh, great thing for you. You might make a lot of money out of it. But if Tesla doesn't tank, then, of course, shorting will cost you a lot of money as well. So because the gains and the losses can be unlimited, um, you've got to do it with care. And I guess my basic principle is I don't claim to know the future, so therefore, why would I take the risk um, in terms of the future? So I stick to basic principles um, in terms of my podcast, um, and you know, short selling is a basic principle, but it's not something that I do. Now, the negatives of active investing. The typical active management fund is more expensive than passive. You need to pay these managers, these advisors, the market research analysts, so that that's where the fees go, because with passive investing, you're not really paying a lot of fees because there's not much fees to be paid, like these people don't exist, so you don't need to pay them. But in active investment funds, then these people do exist, and of course, they earn a pretty good living, and you need to pay the fees. Now, I'm sure you heard my epic rant about fees in my previous podcast, I hate fees. Um, and I go through some examples of how fees can eat up your profits, particularly in terms of retirement nest eggs. So, you know, fees are inevitable, but you don't need to uh, you know pay huge amount of fees to get the same amount of results uh, when it comes to investing. So be careful about it. Now, the cons of active investing, of course, um, the risk is higher, pure and simple. So the risk of you making money Um, is higher, uh, but the benefits is also higher if you do make that money. So you've got to weigh up the pros and cons uh, when you're investing uh, actively. So the million dollar question, or I guess the billion dollar question, which is better? Which is the best? Uh, Look, you're going to get a little bit of biased advice from me because I'm not an active investor, but I'll try to be, you know, um, as objective as possible. Um, I've hinted already that I'm a passive investor And I've hinted that it's a good strategy for the long haul. It's likely to beat the market um, consistently. Sorry, it's likely to match the market consistently. And over time, the evidence is that it consistently beats the active investors. Now, the long haul is something like 30 to 40 years, in my view. Warren Buffett says 7 to 10 years. Jack Bogle says something similar. Um, I wouldn't recommend investing for any shorter periods of time. Now, this might sound a little bit crazy and harsh and hardcore, but it's the truth. I don't invest for anything less than 30 years. So some people invest for three to five years in the stock market, and I think that's okay, but it's still quite risky um, as the stock market can be quite volatile for such a short period of time. Um, You would think a professional money manager will outsmart the rest of us, and it turns out that 96% of the time they don't. Tony Robbins talks about how much of a better chance you have in blackjack if you're on 20 and say, hit me, when it compares to picking the best funds to invest in. Burton Malkiel says something very similar, and he famously said that monkeys can shoot darts and perhaps pick stocks just as well as active investors. Now, these guys are brilliant minds, and if they're saying that, then who am I to um, go against that, really? The thing is, though, there are some active investment funds which do beat the market, but the issue is these funds may do well for one or two or three years, but will they do well consistently for 30 to 40 years in a row? That's the question. And if they do, they're in the minority, and the chances of you finding them are very little. It's like finding a needle um, in the haystack. As you know Jack Bogle famously says, buy the haystack. Don't look for the needle in the haystack. So basically, there are people out there who do active investing for a living, and it's likely you and I are not one of them because we 're just not experts in those fields, um, and that 's the biggest concept in this podcast. so if you want to be an expert, yeah, learn and be an expert and then become an active investor if you don 't want to do that because you 've got you know a day job and you 've got a family and you want to enjoy life, then maybe passive investing is for you now, in all honesty though, um, I probably do a little bit of both passive and active investing and 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 you know i 'll sort of explain that and try and justify that as much as I can. So, what i don 't do though is stock picking. so, what do I mean if I say that I do a little bit of passive or act, uh, passive and active investing? You see, it really depends on your strict definitions. What do you mean by that? Technically, even when you passively invest, the art of picking a specific index fund is an active process, but that's getting a little bit too nitty gritty and perhaps even trolling a little bit for the sake of argument. but essentially, if you pick an index fund, let's call that a true passive investor now. What I do do in terms of active investment, investing in the passive arena is put some more money in when I have some spare money and the market goes down. Um, a good example of that is when Brexit happened. Uh, I happen to be, you know, uh, watching the markets live because, you know, that's what I do because I've got nothing else happening in life. That was a joke. Um, and basically the whole world panicked when Brexit happened. Uh, the market in Australia lost about $70 billion in one day. That's a uh, 4% loss, which is a 200 point S&P 200 loss of market value. I saw this as an opportunity and I ploughed some spare money that I had um, um, into into the markets on that day. So basically I got discounted prices um, because the market lost and because I'm buying the whole market, essentially I got a discount of 4%. Um, and here we are in 2018 where the market has rebounded. Um, so like I said, I never sell my portfolio. I always buy and I always hold. That's my strategy. I invest for dividends as well. And I always, um, always hold my stock. So, uh, you can call that a little bit of active investing within the passive arena, but certainly I don't stock pick because I don't think that's a good idea. Now, before I finish up, um, I just want to instill one more data point for you to consider if you're not sure about which type of investing you want to do. Um, and I think this data point will potentially blow your mind i think this is the icing on the cake when it comes to this podcast now as of 2018 the australian stock market is one of the biggest in the world with a market cap of 2.13 trillion dollars where the average company on the exchange is worth about a billion dollars that's huge so we are very good in shares in australia and we are one of the richest countries in the world and australian citizens are avid share market contributors and investors via superannuation so we all do it um, and we just don't do it actively, and we probably don't know that we're doing it, um, but we all do it. Since 1990, the ASX has returned a whopping 9.96% per annum, and since 1900, the return has been 13.21%. That is an incredible rate of return. In other words, your term deposits now are returning 2-3%, to the Australian stock market since 1900 has returned 13.21%. So, in other words, if you had invested $1,000 in 1900, granted that $1,000 back in 1900 is quite a lot of money, and just added $1 per month ever since then, you'd be dead by now, but stick with me on this one. So you put $1,000 into the ASX at 1900, and you just added $1 per month, and given that the average return over this period of time of 118 years has been 13.21%, your family would be worth $5 billion right now. $5 billion. That's billion with a B right now. That's an incredible statistic, and that's the power of long-term investing, compounding, reinvesting dividends, etc., etc. So over 118 years, The ASX has given positive returns 81% of the time. That is, for 96 years, it's given a positive return each year. It's given negative returns for 19% of the time. That is, 22 years. So, how in the world can you lose money over the long term? How is it even possible? Well, it turns out it is possible if you jump in and out of the market. Dave Ramsey puts it another way. He says, you only get hurt in a roller coaster if you jump out during the middle of the ride. So I suggest you stay you know, invested for the long term, stay in the ride, um, and if you'd done that for the ASX stock market from 1900, you'd be a billionaire. From 1990, you've got an average rate of return of 9.96% per annum. Now, out of all those years, the worst year was 2008, where it lost 41%. And the best year was 1983, at 66.8%. Granted, that was after two straight years of losses of 12.9% and 13.9%, respectively. So, I'm a great believer in passive investing because, you know, I, I believe that, you know, time in the market is more valuable rather than timing the market. Um, I hope this podcast has been very useful and I hope this puts things into context uh, when it gives you uh, ideas about passive versus active investing. It's an age-old argument um, and I think the data points are quite clear. That is, over the long run, passive investing uh, and index fund investing is most likely going to outplay and outreturn the active investor. But having said that, choose a strategy that best works for you. Look at the evidence. If you have a spare one hour and 20 minutes, watch the documentary on YouTube called How to Win the Loser's Game. It's a brilliant documentary on investing. It goes through the evidence for active and passive investors um, based on, you know, very, very famous financial personalities. Now that's it for another episode. Sorry it's been a bit long for this one. Hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I'm making it. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to comment on my podcasts. As always, it's all about financial education. Until next time, stay safe, take care, and pay yourself first. Thanks for listening.